I'm so excited to be here with you all. There's going to be a little bit of standing up, sitting down as we go throughout the service today. I'm also going to hold the mic really close to my mouth so that it doesn't get loud and soft like that. Um, but my name is Brett Machat. I'm the worship director here at LCC, and I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Um, <clears throat> like Dan and Tom said, we've been going through a series that's all about worship. Okay, and Dan and Tom, they kind of told you what they already talked about today. We're going to be talking about worshiping together. We're going to be talking about two things with that. We're going to talk about the how are we supposed to worship together and why do we worship together every single week. So let's dive right into that. I want to talk a little bit about the how first. So how exactly are we supposed to worship together? Now, I know we all have our different opinions as far as what instruments should be up here, what kind of songs we should sing, but I want us to look back to the Bible um, and one of the most important things that I've seen in the Bible when it describes worship, especially communal worship, is that the outside and what happens on the outside, it is important, but honestly, what God is most involved in and what he cares about the most is what is going on in our hearts as we worship. Um, and I'm talking about worship as um, in a form of music. We're going to get into worship in other forms and, and how that looks, and I would like to acknowledge that I do know there's a lady behind me that is painting. She didn't just sneak in here. Uh, this is Carissa, Carissa Barney. She has agreed to show um, one of her God-given talents um, in art. And so she's going to be painting as the day goes on. Um, and, we'll, and we'll come back to her. We'll see how it, how it looks at the end. I know it's going to look great. Um, but I want to first jump into the passage of Matthew 15, 8, and 9. And Jesus is talking about the Pharisees and the priests and the teachers of the law. And he says, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And honestly, as somebody that, uh, it's, it's my vocation, it's my job to lead others in worship. This is like, this is kind of a scary passage um, because it's very convicting. You know, it can be easy to, whether I'm up here, whether I'm out with all of y'all, y'all, I'm not from the South, all of you all, um, whether I'm singing, you know, I could sing everything perfectly. And we're even going to sing a song later on that talks about that. But if my heart is not in the right place, then it means nothing. Um, and so I want to point out first and foremost that our worship to God, uh, we should be very concerned about what is happening on the inside. Um, that is very, very important. I'm going to come back to that passage later because I believe it's so vital. But I also want to look at some of the outward expressions of worship that we see in the Bible. And so we're going to look at the book of Psalms a lot today. Here's one psalm. It says, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. We're going we're gonna to be singing about that a lot in about a couple minutes to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Okay, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a theme. Hopefully you guys too are. Uh, here's another verse, Psalm 100. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Okay, so what I found in my research is that our worship should be joyful. It shouldn't be something that we do begrudgingly or, or reluctantly. Um, and I, I do want to point out that God doesn't say, oh, he, he does say, worship the Lord with gladness and come before him with a joyful song. But I believe that happiness and, and joy are two different things. Sometimes bad things happen, um, and, and it's hard to be happy. Uh, but in those moments, I would say that God doesn't call us to be happy and, and worship him with happiness. But at the same time, there does need to resonate joy within our hearts, even in those times, because we understand that God is in control of everything. So I do want to point that out. Um, another thing, I want to talk about this a little bit. This is pretty cool. is biblical 
Let them praise his name with dancing. Oh, dancing. I went, I went to a Christian school where we weren't allowed to dance. Wait a second. I know. It's biblical, all right? If you look at little kids, like even, even from, a, not a newborn can't dance because they can barely hold their head up, but, you know, from like a two or three-year-old to a, to a five or six-year-old, when they're happy or if their song is on, what do they start doing? They, they start turning around and, and they, they start dancing. And they, they can't help it because it is joy in their hearts. Um, the verse goes on. It says, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. Okay, now, we don't have a tambourine up here, and we certainly don't have a lyre. But it's very clear in the Bible that they worshiped gods, not just with their voices, but also with their instruments. As we move on, let's read this. Uh, I'll read it. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live in your name I will lift up my hands. Now, I've had people ask me before, okay, are we supposed to lift up our hands with worship? Does that, like, make you more holy or more worthy? Or I see people doing it. Um, and first of all, I believe it is biblical. Um, worshiping the Lord with our hands lifted high, I believe it's in the Bible right here. But at the same time, it, when, when somebody goes like this, I mean, I am, you're very, very exposed. <laughs> you're, you're surrendering yourself. Um, and that is how I've always seen it. And I want to encourage you in that. And that if it feels awkward, if it feels uncomfortable, that's okay. It, you're very much exposing yourself and in, in, in genuinely saying, hey, God, this is me. I'm not perfect, but I am going to praise you. I am going to lift my hands. Um, now, again, I want to say what, what is going on in the heart is what is most important. Um, I believe that somebody can worship with all their heart and not raise their hands. That's totally fine. But I do think it is biblical. And so in that, worship is something that should be a physical act. Um, it should, our, there should be so much joy in our hearts that it just pours out through what we do and what we say and, and how we sing. Um, and lastly, I just want to say this. Our worship of God begins in our heart, but it doesn't stop there. It transforms into a physical act that gives the glory to God while also bringing us closer together as his children. It strips us of our earthly shame and gives us a joy that does not care what other people think. Um, we're going to sing a song. This song is called Make a Joyful Noise. It's got a lot of instrumentation, which means the band's going to be playing like crazy, okay? And I want you, I want you to sing, shout. If you feel led to dance in the name of God, and obviously I don't think we should, I don't know, if, if breakdancing is your thing, then I guess go for it. But at, at the same time, you know, we need to be considerate of, considerate of others, but let go. Let God take control. Worship him. Uh, in the Bible, David, he danced in his underwear, if I'm not mistaken, which is like, kind of weird, out in the street, and he said, hey, I will become even more undignified than this for my God, okay? Uh, I want to ask you guys to stand, and we'll sing this out together. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty God. We look forward to hearing that in heaven someday, sung by thousands of angels. We praise your name. Amen. You all can have a seat. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about how we are supposed to worship, what the Bible says about how we're supposed to worship. I want to talk a little bit about style, style of music. This is really, really relevant and really popular in our day. Uh, what, what is the best style of worship music? Um, and I can even think back to uh, when I was a little kid and I listened to this band called Petra. And my dad was like, he was like, this is real music. And I was like, this is real music. This is, praise you the Lord. I like, I, yeah, I talked with him earlier. He was like, you need to say that. I was like, I will. Um, that, that was apparently what he grew up on. He was a little bit edgy back in the, back in the 80s. 
Um, but even, even with today's worship, uh, there's so many different styles. And I think back to my high school years when one of my, fran- my, my, friends, one of my friends got me really into, got me really into a different style of, of music, and it was called heavy metal. And I always hated heavy metal. And then I don't know what it was, but I just started to really like it. But, and this sounds like I'm trying to justify. I, I don't feel like I have to justify anything. I really only listened to, really only listened to Christian metal. And when I look at the lyrics, it was, sometimes it was just straight scripture. Like somebody took out a Bible verse and they just boom, and they were singing it. And thought to myself, this is so different because this is way different from any other style of music I've ever heard of. But at the same time, it's still worship music. These people, I believed in their hearts. They were worshiping God. Um, but I do want to talk about how does style play into, into how we worship. Um, and first and foremost, I want to say it starts with your heart again. Um, I feel like so many of these debates just ignore what's going on in our heart. We're so concerned about, about the loudness or the softness or the electric guitar, or the drums or the piano or any of that. And we forget that worship starts with God working in our lives. Um, and so I'm even I'm going to bring this verse back up here, and I'm going to read it. Um, just what Jesus said to the, to the teachers of the law. He said, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. Teaching as doctrine is the commandments of men. We don't, we don't want to be like that. We don't want to say that we've got it all down to a science, and it's, it's perfect the way that we have it, and, and that's what makes our worship genuine. It's not. It's not. It's what's, what's going on with our heart. Um, I want to say that there are many different styles and genres of music that bring glory to God. I kind of already talked about that with, you know, Petra and, and my heavy metal worship music. I feel like today there's a, a revolution of uh, hip-hop and R&B and rap Christian music. And I, I, I'm not going to lie, and I'll say it, I, I really don't like rap or hip-hop. I just, it's not my style of music. But at the same time, I'm able to take these guys like Andy Mineo and Lecrae, and that's literally all I know because I don't listen to any of the other music. Sorry. It's, it's like, those are the two that I know, yes. Uh, I, can, I can take their lyrics and just see bro- broken men who are sharing their hearts and sharing what God has done in their lives and giving the glory to him. That's, that is so cool. Um, and, and, I, and I love that. It's, it's very cool. It's no different than the worship that we're doing here this morning. Um, and then lastly, our style of, of worship, it should unite us. There's a reason why I'm not up here playing heavy metal worship music every Sunday morning because I'd be a little bit divisive. Um, this is a, a, a place in the church, especially now, that is very divisive, and I, and I hear stories of people saying, well, you know, I, it was a great church, the pastor preached the gospel, and, and everything was sound, but at the end of the day, I just, I just didn't like the music, so we're going to try somewhere else. And that breaks me. It really, that really breaks my heart, and there's, there's so much call for, for people giving up their own personal um, opinions and own personal wants as far as music, and, and I have been so only blessed by the people of this congregation um, pretty much with whatever we've done. And I know Dan started this before I did, but I just have always felt so much support. Um, and not just the music that I've chosen, but people saying, hey, you know, that's, that style of music was really different this morning. But wow, praise God. That was cool. It might not have been my favorite, but what a cool way to have, have those people worship in that way. Um, and so I'm not trying to give us a pat on the back, but I just, I just want to say thank you and, and praise God in that. Lastly, I want to close this by saying our worship of God is more than our voices and our instruments, but it would be a waste of God-given talent to not use them to bring him glory. When our hearts are focused on him, our music will be wholesome, and it should be unifying. Okay, now, all that being said, I am, like, so jazzed right now because we're about to do something that we don't normally do here. Um, We're going to sing some hymns. 
Um, so I'm going to take it back to a lot of the songs that I sang when I was a lot younger, not trying to make people feel old. Um, but but Bryn, Bryn's going to help me. That's why, sorry, Bryn. I'm not, try, I'm really, I'm not trying to make people feel old. And it, Bryn's back here, and she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just sing the song, Brett. Um, but, but I am going to ask us that we, we stand up and we be unified as, as a body. And we sing these songs that they might be a little bit different than what we're used to. Um, but I, I'm going to ask that we sing them with all of our hearts. So I'm going to ask you to stand. All right. We've talked about the how of worship. You can style along with that. Now I'd like to talk to you about why do we worship all together on a Sunday morning? Why, why is it important? that we do that, that we meet every single week. And we, I know we, know we encourage you to come here every week. I know things come up. Life happens. Um, but but this, is, this is an important topic, and we, and we want to let you know that it is important. And a very simple reason is because God asks us to. It's, again, it's, it's biblical. Um, we look back into the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, and, and one of those commandments was to remember the Sabbath day um, and to keep it holy. It says, six days you should labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to your Lord, your God. And, and I know things have changed. Christ came and he said, hey, you know, it's okay. He, he healed, a, healed a man. I know Peter and John, they healed a man on the Sabbath. Oh, it was okay. It's okay to do a little bit of work, but at the same time, there is still that importance and that reverence that we should give to Sunday. We should give to meeting together. Um, another reason is because it builds a community. And, and I want to be very clear. It builds a community that is different from any other communities that we can find throughout our world, that the church of, of Christ is, is different. Uh, at least it should be different. We're called to be different. I want to read this long verse. It's, it's kind of long, but follow, follow along with me. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, in the early church, there are stories of, of everybody coming together, and there were some who had a lot, and there were some who had little to none, and they shared, and everybody, everybody was satisfied. And, and everybody was made whole with each other and with God. And it's, it's a beautiful picture of what our church is supposed to be like. Now, do we sin? Yes, yes we do. That's why rough things happen in our churches, things that, things that we don't understand. But to the best of our ability, we should strive to be whole and to be a unified body. Another thing, and, and this, is, this is near and dear to my heart, um, is that victory over sin flourishes when we are together in, in his name. Um, and this, I think, goes very clearly to, I felt like the lights are changing. Maybe, maybe. Sorry, I got really distracted. It, squirrel. Um, th- this, is, this is very, very dear to me because I see one of the things that was most attractive to this church for me when, when I was visiting, when, when Dan was talking with me about possibly coming here and, and, and working here, was, was the cell groups. And, and, I, and I've seen life groups. I've seen A groups. I've seen happy groups. I don't know, the, many different names. But just the amount of... of genuine people that come together in a cell group here just blows my mind. And again, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back and say, good job, we're doing great. Obviously, we, we sin and we fall short, but, but it is a community that is different. I, one of my favorite things is when I hear people say, I don't know if I like cell group. Everybody's too honest. 
That's like one of my favorite things because I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, it, we're, we're called to not leave our, our sin in the dark because when you leave sin in the dark, it only grows and it manifests and it takes over our life. And when we're able to, to bring those things that we're not proud of or not ashamed of and we're able to say, hey, I need help, help me, please. When we do that with each other, it brings us close. I've experienced that with some of my best friends and, and just going through life together. And I do believe that's one of the most important reasons of why we should meet together on a Sunday. To sum it up, the church is not the building, but the people, us, all of us, who, who enter it each Sunday. When we agree to meet each other, with each other each week in order to bring praise to God, we show the world that we are serious about our worship to him. Um, and we're we're going to sing a song right now. We, we sang it a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's kind of ironic because the song itself talks about how worship is more than a song, and I'm singing it, and it's, it's, it's interesting. But again, I want to bring back the point of what is going on in our hearts is, is what's most important. Amen. That's, that's not easy to sing, is it? Wow. It's not. It's true. It's very true. We, we do all this singing here, and, and that is a big part of our worship. It's a very cool part of our worship that God has given us. But we can sing all we want to and still get it wrong. Okay, now I, I know what you're thinking. Thinking, okay. If worship is not a song, then what is it? I'm here to talk about that. I believe that worship in and of itself, it's more than just a song. It's more of what we do here. It's, it's a way of life. God calls us to a way of life that is very different from what we see from the rest of the world. We see this verse in Colossians. And it says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. It doesn't say, do some of it, you know, except for Friday nights when it's you time, or except for your lunch hour, because the second grade kids are loud. And I know, Brett, I know you're tired, but nope, you still need to have lunch with them because they love that. Glorify me through that. That's, that's me. That's the voice going. That's the Holy Spirit working in my own life. For those of you who don't know, I teach second grade, and it is a lot of fun, but it gets loud, and I get headaches. But even in those moments... Even, I mean, I love it, but even in those moments, God, God calls us to worship him and to bring praise to him. Worship is the act of, the act of saying yes to God and, and no to our own selves, our own wants. It's, it's those times when we say, I know, I, I know I should read my Bible right now because I just woke up and I've got nothing else to do, but five more minutes of sleep. And then you hit the snooze button. And I'm so guilty of that. That's one of the areas where, where I struggle the most is just getting into the Word. And I find myself with these pockets of time, and I think, oh, yeah, I should be reading my Bible right now. That's a good idea. Um, it, it, it's, it's a way of life. It's, it's, it's saying yes to God and, and no to ourselves. We, we have this verse, which it hit me on Friday. Where This was our memory verse this week for class for our second grade. Um, as I say that, I can't remember the reference. Romans 12.1. I heard it 34 times because they all said it to me. Um, and I have a, a kid is saying it, and I'm like, yes, good, okay, yeah, yeah, therefore I urge you. And it hits me, whoa, this is what I'm talking about on Sunday. I, I sometimes things just go right over my head. You could ask my family. Um, it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of what God has done for us, in view of him dying on the cross for us, we should offer our bodies, our whole bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Boom, light bulb went off in my head, and I said, I need to talk about this Sunday, so I put this in the PowerPoint. But when we see the words living sacrifice, that was so cool to talk about with my kids because they explained it so well to me. They said, well, Mr. Mashat, 
you know, they didn't have heartedly sacrifice things to God. They like totally, you know, like, and I'm like, yeah, they, they killed. Yeah. That's how they sacrifice things. And they're like, okay, living sacrifice, obviously that's not what we're doing, but you, you don't have heartedly sacrifice every, something. You give it all. You give it your, you give it everything that you've got. I think that God is, that's what God is trying to tell us. That's what Paul was writing when he wrote this letter to the Romans. True and proper worship focuses on God alone. It, it says no to ourselves and it says yes to Jesus. Um, and again, to sum up these thoughts, our songs to God mean nothing if our life does not mirror the words that we sing. We should strive to give all the glories of God no matter where we are or what we are doing because our lives ultimately revolve around him. Our worship is more than a song. I want to bring attention to Carissa. She's still, she's still going strong, but... <laughs> she's still going strong, but... What it says, says God's song doesn't require music. Um, that was said just one day in the teaching team. I don't know. I don't know if it was offhanded, but Tom, Tom, you said that, and that hit me so strong because music is such a part of my life, and sometimes it's so easy for me to say, yes, I'm all right with God because I, I'm a worship director. I, I worship every Sunday. I sing with him. God's song doesn't stop there. The, the rhythm and the music of of God's handiwork in our lives goes so many other different places. We, we have a guy, I don't know if he's here, so I haven't seen him, his name's Stanley. Stanley is super talented at rapping, okay? And he's been up here a couple times, and he's preached the gospel through his ability to do that. We have a lady named Michelle. Um, I'm not sure if she is here, but Michelle is so gifted at dancing, very, very gifted. And she uses that gift that she has for God every single day. Now, I know it, it doesn't even have to be a special talent. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Sometimes it can even be in the, in the monotony and your kindness to others, but those are the ways that we worship God. Um, as we're, we're, getting, we're coming closer to a close, closer to a close, that's redundant, we're getting near to our close of today. Um, I, I want us to be a church that is unified in this. We're going to sing some songs that talk about unity and talk about the city of Hilliard, and I, I want us to make a difference in the, in the weeks to come. My prayer today is for unity. Let's, let's, let's pray that right now. God, we pray that as we sing these songs, as we come together every week, that you unite us as, as one body. Amen.